Hello, everybody. Welcome in to uh, the season finale of Tricks and Picks. I feel like I'm talking about a TV show when I say this. Um, welcome, Paul. You're not a recurring guest. You've avoided me the entire season. You managed <laughs> to do it. I, you know, I, I've tried reaching out to you. you. You mysteriously don't respond for two months, and now you're finally here. I'm tough to get. I'm tough to get a hold of. You got to talk to my representation. Like trying to reach the president. I know. Seriously, you got to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just woke up from like a sushi coma. You don't know what a sushi coma is when you eat like all you can eat sushi and you just pass out afterwards. Where'd you get all oh. you can eat sushi from? Yeah, right near me. Right near you? Yeah. Like nice. 10 minutes away. I got all you can eat sushi and then I passed out. And now I'm awake to talk about the most important topics around the world right now. Absolutely. Like uh, Kyrie Irving, he opts in. Kyrie Irving opts in. Uh, he's going to be, it looks like, at least he's going to be a Brooklyn Net. For the years to come. Um, I think if you're a Net fan, this is great news. If you're a Nick fan, it's very bad news. Um, certainly the odds for the Knicks are... It's certainly bad for the Knicks. Um, great news if you're a Net fan, though, that Kyrie Irving opted in. I thought for sure he was going to the Lakers. I didn't think there was any chance he would end up playing. He would still be with the Nets. I thought he wanted out. Um, it turned out that he was just playing that game that athletes always play. You know what I mean? Athletes treat athletes always seem to play this type of game where they want to get in order to connive their ways and get what they want. They make it sound like they're more unhappy with their team than they really are to make it look like they're going to leave. Kind of like when you go to buy a car and you, and you try to walk out of the dealership with the intention uh, it's bluffing, and it's with the intention of the dealer uh, the, uh, chasing you down and saying, no, 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 we can work this deal out. That's basically what all these athletes have been doing lately. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that, I mean, I, I didn't really, never really bought into the idea of him even going to the Knicks. I didn't think that that was really even like. I didn't either. I, I didn't I didn't think that that was a real situation. I thought that it was either he was going back to Brooklyn or he might go to L.A. I thought that the Lakers it would have been an interesting one. He would have had to take significantly less money in order to, to have that work, but, or they would have had to do a sign in trade and like the Nets would have had to take on Westbrook's contract and Lakers would have, would have got Kyrie. And it's just like, I, I, I don't, I can't imagine anybody wanting to do that. So, I mean, I'm not shocked that it's, that he opted in. I mean, there's going to be a big difference between 37 million and 5 million. He would, he would make if he had to sign with the Lakers, um, so it it doesn't surprise me because you know very very few things that he does surprise me at this point. You know he could like talk all he wants, but at the end of the day, you know I don't see him abandoning Kevin Durant at least at least right now. But, well, the reason people suggested that he would go to LA is because he wants to play with LeBron. Yeah, and LeBron very likely would want to play with him. Yeah. I, I guess you could say, though, the the Nets are at least a playoff team. I mean, as as bad as they were against the Celtics, they're at least not some type of uh, – they, they at least weren't a joke this season like the Lakers were. I guess that – I mean, obviously the money part, too, I'm sure had a lot to do with it with Kyrie. Yeah. No, definitely. I think that was the biggest part of it, honestly, like turning down that kind of money. I mean, the bottom line is, like, he didn't – barely played last year. He had all that drama around him all season long, so he's – like – in order to get another big contract after this, he's going to have to, he's not going to be able to fool around this year. He's got to play almost a complete season and he's got to play a great season. And the Nets have to make it far for him to be able to, you know, bounce back and, and get another big contract after this. Or, I, or for I, it to be worth it for the Nets. What was that? Or for it to be worth it for the Nets. Exactly. I think that, I mean, the Nets, it's worth it for the Nets because they already completely bought into the idea of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They did that back in 2019 when the two of them committed. They completely bought into the idea that of the two of them. They traded all of their pieces. They traded Jared Allen and everybody else, D'Angelo Russell. They they got rid of everybody um, in order to build around those two guys. So they, they're completely bought in. Uh, then they traded everything else in order to bring in James Harden and then flipped him for Ben Simmons because he got mad. But it's they their their franchise is Kyrie and KD. That's what it's become. So they almost have to, you know, they're they're not in a situation where they can afford to, you know, be the bigger man or something like that and like release Kyrie and or, you know, 
something or something crazy like that um where you know they they want they're like okay the ethics aren't there or whatever the situation is um they they've completely bought in because like where else in the organ like where else do they go from there you know it's the yeah. it's, it, they, they bought into the two of those guys i think that the brooklyn nets recognize the very fact that despite all of Kyrie's antics which he's pulled his entire tenure with the nets yeah and despite all of those antics and as bad as those antics can be he's still they're still a much better team with him than without him oh, even absolutely. if Kyrie were to be i mean i know this is not going to happen next year but even if he were to be a part-time player, they're still in a better position than if they don't have him. So he's valuable enough to the franchise where he has this effect where they can kind of deal with all of the inconveniences that come with him as a package and still pay and still for, and he's still worth 36, uh, 36 and a half million dollars. Yeah, no, exactly. That's exactly it. They're they're in a situation where it's like you know they're they're better off with him even playing half their ga- half their games than playing zero of their games. Yeah, um, and that was I mean that was the situation last year too. Like if they like when he was a part time player and could only play away games, um, before they lifted the ban, you know they he, he was they were still definitely a better team with him. But the you know the question is for the future. It, it, I think is the more interesting thing because I don't think he's going anywhere. Like a lot of people are still talking about um, the Lakers still being in the mix for Kyrie, even though he opted in possibly like doing like an exchange of contracts or something like that. I don't think anything, any of that's going to happen. I don't think anybody really wants to take on Kyrie at 37 million. I think the Nets are kind of stuck with that. And I feel like the Nets are going to become accustomed to that. And they're going to be like, okay, you know, we finally have a, we have a hoping. So at least we have a healthy Ben Simmons, healthy Kyrie, and a healthy Kevin Durant next season, even though it's an expiring contract, let the three of them play together. This is what, you know, they bought in for. They've been waiting three years for this, for, um, you know, for them to be fully healthy and be at, and actually be able to compete for a championship. So let it all play out and see where it goes and see what kind of antics Kyrie, Kyrie throws this year. You know, if he's still um, incoherent and, and nuts, you know, you, may, you just don't bring him back next year. Well, the Ben Simmons part is interesting because that could really end up screwing the Nets. Because yeah. he's under contract until 2025. Yeah. He's, he's unrestricted free agent. It looks like he's never going to be able it, – it, it, or at least it feels like, I would say. It feels like he's never going to step on the court for the Nets. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Just from all everything that went on, it feels like he is just never going to end up going to the Nets uh, and, and uh, I mean, actually playing a game for the Nets. And – that could end up screwing them because that could end up wasting a lot of money. Because how many, if they want to trade him at some point, his value is going to be so low and nobody's going to want to take his contract. Nobody's going to want to inherit his contract. No, exactly. I mean, unless he actually plays and makes it, I mean, the, the him and Kyrie are in very, very similar situations where they're like, they, they have to prove themselves next season. You know, everybody is, you know, Ben Simmons missed his entire year from sitting out, being mad at the 76ers and apparent back injuries that maybe that may have been real, may not have been real. Who knows? Um, but it's, it's going to be up to him to he's putting a lot of pressure on himself. You know, he didn't like the pressure that he got in Philadelphia when they started booing him because he wasn't he was passing up layups and stuff. Um, he didn't like all that pressure, but he put even more pressure on himself by trashing Philadelphia by sitting out, demanding a trade, then going to Brooklyn and still not playing for Brooklyn for for the rest of the season. Um, so a lot of Brooklyn fans probably aren't are definitely not thrilled with him right now either. Brooklyn fans hate him. Yeah, I I if I was a Brooklyn fan, I would hate him. I I mean, if he plays next season and plays great, then it, it will quickly turn. But as of right now, like I I'm not a, I wouldn't be a fan of him. I would do, he's just a big contract that was stupid to bring on. Because they get the sense that he doesn't care. Exactly. But that he is, for some calculated reason, looking for re- looking for a way to sit out. But that's exactly, that's exactly what, like... It's, I mean, I don't know what's going through his head, but it appears to most people from the outside looking in that that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, you look at Joel Embiid, and he plays through injuries all the time. I'm not saying you should always play through injuries, 
Yeah. But fans tend to like it a lot more when a guy tries to go out there and at least put in even 20 minutes, 25 minutes in a game, even if they're not 100%. Yeah. And it, when a guy just sits out, says, I'm going to come back. Oh, actually, I'm not, I'm, I can't come back. Uh, those types of situations, fans can't stand it. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same thing with Kyrie, though. They, they, the fans have the same sense with Kyrie. It doesn't seem like he wants to play either. They get the sense that he doesn't, yeah, but at least he wasn't sitting out in the playoffs. Yeah. That's a little, it's a little different. Um, I don't think that Kyrie's absences would be as long as Ben Simmons. Um, But in some ways it's more frustrating because he would just, with no warning, just disappear. That's exactly it. Like Derrick Rose style, like what Derrick Rose did with the Knicks, except yeah. Kyrie did it a bunch of times. Yeah. That he and, they, except, and the, the difference was Derrick Rose actually had like a family emergency. Kyrie like literally disappeared for no reason. He yeah, refused, for no reason. He refused to give a reason. Even when they asked him afterwards, he was like, I need time away or something like that. And just didn't explain himself for like missing three weeks. So it's like little things like that, that, you know, just really make you question yeah. Um, yeah. the legitimacy of it. All right. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the NBA draft, which happened last week. Um, I, I didn't do it much. I didn't talk much about it last week because I didn't make many bets. Um, the, the thing with the NBA draft is, it depending on the year, I'm not that into it. Um, sometimes I'm into it. Depending, on, it just yeah. depends on the year. For instance, when the Knicks were picking the year, the Knicks piss, picked Porzingis at number four. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, was it three? It was three. It was three. Okay, it was three. At that that year, I was really really into the draft. It was a it was the year D'Angelo Russell got drafted and uh, and um, and uh, Towns and Okafor and and the Knicks were they had a top five pick. So yeah. I was really into it that year. Now there's so many players that I just never heard of in the draft because they played in Europe or overseas somewhere or they played in on in the G League. So many of them I just never heard of that I'm not really so into it in the, anymore. And the Knicks, they they had the 11th pick, so which they ended up. So, but I really I want to talk about um, Paolo bon, uh, Bonchero or is it Boncaro or Bonchero? Boncaro. It is Boncaro. Okay, he went number one overall. I actually did make one bet for the draft. I actually had Jabari Smith going number one overall. I was wrong. I'll give Liam credit. He was on last week. He said Boncaro was going to go number one. He was right about that. I'll give him. I'll give him credit um, about the uh, about being right about this. Uh, I actually, I really thought Jabari Smith was going to go number one. I thought Jabari Smith should go number one because I thought he was the best overall prospect. I thought so too. Um, in in the entire draft, Jabari Smith, like just watching him last year at Auburn, he's he was amazing. Uh, he can do, he can do just about everything. Uh, ben Ben Caro, though, it's not a bad pick. Um. You know, he he had all the hype around him coming into Duke this this upcoming season. And, you know, he had a good year, average like 19 and 7 for for the uh, Duke this season. And, you know, he's a good shooter. He's 6'10. He's got good height. He can play defense, all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I get what you, I get what you mean totally, too, with um, the NBA draft a lot. When I feel like even like 10 years ago, it was a lot more like it was only college guys and a handful of overseas guys I, I actually got to correct myself 2015 the Knicks had the fourth pick I they, knew it was the fourth they, I knew it was the fourth because I knew it was the fourth because Towns won one Russell went two Okafor went three and then Porzingis won right because so, I was doing the math in my head I was like something about this isn't right yeah yeah I got I got confused for a second but anyway I mean I mean the Knicks had a couple of good years with Porzingis and then he demanded out so it didn't, ends up not even mattering but you know Trading away the 11th pick was interesting. Um, apparently, there's nobody on the board left that that they really wanted, but that was the same case last year, too. They had two first-round picks last year um, and traded down for both of them because they didn't like who was on the board. And they ended up getting Quinn and Grimes uh, at the very end of the first round with a pick that they traded to tra- in order to trade down. Uh, they, I think they had like the 19th and 21st pick in last year's draft, and they traded both of them and ended up taking Grimes at like 27 or something like that. Um, they, yeah. And then, and then this year they had the 11th pick and, you know, I thought that dude, they were talking to the Pistons. I, I thought we were going to get Jaden Ivey. I thought that I was really hoping we were going to get Jaden Ivey. That was the guy I wanted. I mean, obviously we had, we would have had to trade up for the fourth or fifth pick. 
I knew that, and it wasn't very likely, but I wanted to get Ivy. I thought that I thought it was interesting that they that they took Duran, Jalen Duran, and traded him. Um, well, they he got traded, he got selected, he got traded to the Knicks, and the Knicks flipped him to the Pistons. I think he got traded like twice in um yeah. in a matter of like two minutes, but it's. Um, yeah, he was, he was part of that. I thought that was interesting pretty much because Mitchell Robinson is going to be a free agent. So you almost have, you have to bring back Mitchell Robinson now. Yeah. You got to bring back Robinson. I do want to talk to you about the Knicks. You led into it before I did. Um, I really love what the Knicks did in the draft. Really? I love it. You know why? Because, um, I did read an article, but I couldn't, I I saw the title of an article. that said something like the Knicks draft, the Knicks draft pick was cap space. Yeah. That's essentially what they did. You have to remember, the Knicks didn't have a number one or a number two or a number three pick. It's not, they weren't getting any of those guys. They had a number 11 pick. I value cap space way more than I value Jaden Ivey. I mean, like, to me, it's like, you have to remember, going into the season, the Knicks had the lowest, some of, uh, had very little cap room. Some of the lowest, uh, might have been the lowest in the league. I'm not 100% sure about that, but v- way on the bottom uh, of the NBA in terms of cap space. Now, they're like top five going into the summer of ca- in cap space. Now, they might spend that money wrong. They, they might make, uh, they may, they might make dumb decisions. They might be inept with that money, but I'd rather than be inept with the cap space, than not make cap space at all. I mean, you have to remember, the Knicks are not a good drafting team. I don't exactly really trust their intuition when it comes to drafting players. And I'm not saying Jaden Ivey's not going to be a good player, but I don't know. I'd rather have the cap space than Jaden Ivey. I personally, in this situation, I would have, if we had the opportunity to trade up for Jaden Ivey, I would have 100% did that because that's a missing piece. That could be a franchise type of type of piece. And the the other thing about the cap space too is like it's always great to have cap space. The Knicks the Knicks tend to have cap space a lot, but the problem is they can't attract anybody for that cap space. They sign you know mediocre players that you know get them good enough to be the tenth or eleventh pick and not make the playoffs. That's that's the that's the problem with the cap space. They you know saving up. I would have rather gotten Jay Ivey than than saving up to go sign Jalen Brunson. I would have much rather gambled because the team is younger and Jay Ivey's got upside to potential. I mean, obviously Jay Ivey could become a flop, but he's got upside to possibly become a stud player. And if you were to team him up with RJ and with Julius Randle with J- with Jalen Brunson, I like Jalen Brunson, but you know what you're going to get from him. Like he's not going to. He's not going but to. Is that more of a reason to go after Jalen Brunson? Because you know what you're going to get from him. Yeah, yeah but yeah, but if you have, to be honest with you, if the if the team if the Knicks made the playoffs again this year, it would be. But the, since the, they consistently are in the lottery, you would rather gamble on guys who can completely turn your franchise around than a bunch of just glue guys that are going to make you good, but. But not even good enough to get a, a top lottery pick, and not even good enough to make the playoffs either. Jalen Brunson. Okay, let me ask you a question: What is the likelihood that Jaden Ivy is better than Jalen Brunson? Did I say Jaden Ivy is better than Jalen Brunson? I think there's a very high likelihood. It's possible. I don't know. I think I think there's a very. I mean, high by the way, I do have I do have lukewarm feelings about Brunson. Yeah, I do have lukewarm feelings about him. I think he's a good player. I think I would have no problem with the Knicks trying to get him. I'm just concerned about the money and how much they're willing to spend on Jalen Brunson, because I don't know how great of a player he is. I don't know how great of a player Jaden Ivey's going to be. We, we yeah. just don't know. And it's certainly safe to say that he's probably not going to be some star player that's going to turn your franchise around overnight. There's not, I mean, Knicks are probably not going to get that player anytime soon anyway. Yeah. Um, but the likelihood is at least a lot higher if when you have more cap space. It, it, it is in a sense, but if the Knicks have had a past of being able to attract big time free agents, another, the another thing to, past of being able to draft good players. It's true, but we've, we've been able to draft more good players than we've been able to attract free agents in the recent memory. We were able to, we, we did draft Porzingis. We drafted, we drafted a, a decent amount of solid players. I mean, even Quentin Grimes was a decent pick. I think Obi Toppin was a decent pick. Emmanuel quickly was a good pick. Um, we, and Compared to comparing those guys to you know all the guys that we whiffed on, 
um, throughout free agency over the past several years. I'm not really sure. And also, this free agent class is not that good either. That's that's no. the only, that's the big that's the big thing that like makes me worried is this isn't the year to save up salary cap because you got Zach Levine who is not coming to the Knicks. He's going. He's probably going to go back to Chicago or whoever gives him a max contract. They don't even have the money for the max contract. Um, the most likely guys that the Knicks are going to be able to bring in is Jalen Brunson and uh, extend Mitchell Robinson. That's that's pretty much probably going to be it because they don't really have much else unless they trade Alec Burks, unless they trade Nerlens Noel and free up some money there. Then they might be able to bring in other guys. But I would they, be in favor of doing that. Oh, I would absolutely be in favor of doing that, but I, it depends if they're able to do that. I mean, there are teams they, – they could definitely dump Alec Burks uh, to somebody for a second-round pick or something like that. But the question is, are you going to take the money that – Alec Burks is a pretty solid player. He's a pretty good scorer. Are you going to take the money and give it to somebody who's better than Alec Burks, who's going to give you a better chance to win next year? Or you know, are you just taking that money and – just combining it to Jalen Br- for J- giving Jalen Brunson like twenty five million when he's probably not worth that. Right, I agree that he's not. Uh, I agree that Jalen Brunson might not be worth the money that they that they want to pay him. I, I don't. I don't know exactly what he's going to be demanding. However, you're talking all about some of the really good draft picks that the Knicks have had. And you mentioned Obi Toppin, which who may turn out to be a good draft pick. We don't really know for sure. Um, quickly, another good player. Um, he at least starts. Uh, you mentioned Porzingis. He was out in a couple of years. Uh, so, so you mentioned a bunch of players that were out after a couple of years with zero playoff appearances. And teams and guys that, I mean, who are making the team not horrible but we're not really getting over the hump with them anyway. Like I could be happy with the way Emmanuel quickly played, but we made the playoffs last year. Great. And we got killed. We, we weren't good enough. We weren't really good enough to be a four seed. We just had a good record. So yes. how exactly is that even working out with the Knicks trying to draft all these players? I mean, it's easier to bin, build a winning team through free agency than through the draft. Is, it, it, is that even debatable? It is because it is in a sense, but my point is you're you're almost better off trying to hit in on the rookie class and try to get a diamond in the rough that you can control with this rebuilding team. I mean, RJ is also another one. RJ is, is becoming a special player. Um, the Knicks haven't been able to attract free agents. That's, that's the only thing like in essence, of course it's, it seems like it's easier to build a winner in free agency, but it's, for our entire lifetime, past 15 years, the Knicks haven't been able to attract any of the top three agents. None of them have ever been interested. Kevin Durant and Kyrie wanted to come to New York, and they chose the Nets over the Knicks. Like, yeah, they chose the little brother franchise. Exactly. So it, get, having cap space and building through free agency is obviously a lot better because you're gambling with a rookie class, all that kind of stuff. You might draft somebody fourth overall that you think is going to be a stud and he becomes a bust. But you can also draft a guy fourth overall – who literally changes your franchise like John Morant did for the Grizzlies, um, even though he was second overall. But you could end up doing something like that, like the like the Grizzlies who completely built their team in the draft and hit a bunch, and that's how they were able to do it. You because have to the hit pro- a bunch is the you have to hit a bunch is the point. But but the thing is, but the thing is, the Grizzlies can't attract free agents. Neither can the Knicks. So the, the that's Grizzlies. The that's the, the problem Grizzlies, with both, and they can't attract free agents. The difference is, the I Grizzlies think, realize that. The Grizzlies, right, 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 the difference the is, I think the fact that the Knicks can't attract free agents is something that they can change a little bit more than how good a draft pick is going to be. I mean, if you get a good GM who could maybe attract, I mean, theoretically, if you get a good GM, he might be able to attract to attract a guy who wants to play with a guy who then wants to build a super team, that's at least plausible as opposed to like looking to hit on a draft pick. I mean, the difference is John Morant was a two pick. The Knicks weren't getting a two pick anyway. And do you really think Jaden Ivey is John Morant? Well, the thing is they should have. They had the worst record in the NBA that year. They should have had the first overall pick, but they, they got unlucky and got the third pick. That that's, that's the thing. I mean, if you're like a team like the Pistons, you know, and you're consistently in the top three or four worst teams in the league, 
then you're going to get legitimate chances at getting a, a couple of uh, franchise cornerstones, which they might have now with Jaden Ivey and Kate Cunningham. Those two, that, that might become one of the best backcourts in the NBA. It might not, but it also might become the, one of the best backcourts because they, they, were, they got the first overall pick and the fifth overall pick in back-to-back years. Problem with the Knicks, too, is that they use the cap space to get mediocre players that get them – 30 to 35 wins every single year. So they end up with the 10th or 11th pick um, rather than being one of the worst teams in the league and finishing with the, with the worst record in the league and possibly getting the first overall pick. And then you can get to your game changer. If you have the 11th pick, you're not going to very, very rarely you're going to get a guy who immediately impacts your team. You, very rarely you'll even get an all-star, you know, you need to draft in the top five or top 10 in order to get an all-star. And the problem I have with your position about the Knicks is that you're basically saying the Knicks should draft, should have traded up. You you, you said traded up, right? Just don't want to misquote you. You said they should trade up for another draft for a better draft pick and then try to hit on that guy with no cap space. I would have rather seen them do that. Yeah. Because you'd rather see them do that because then you're pigeonholing yourself and putting all your eggs in one basket on this one guy. But it's a young, controllable guy that can create a big duo with R.J. Barrett. Jalen Brunson, the thing is, they're saving up money so they can sign Jalen Brunson. I, the bottom line is, I would have rather traded up and drafted Jaden Ivey than, than signing Jalen Brunson. Because, you're get, because the team is built to win in the future. They're starting, they have a bunch of young guys. So you have to continue to get more young players to build and put, and eventually put together a decent enough team where you can actually compete. And eventually one of those guys can turn into a star. The problem is it, it, it would be nice. It's nice to have money freed up and it's nice to sign Jalen Brunson and all that kind of stuff. But Jalen Brunson is never going to be a star, though. That's, that's the thing. So yeah, I think Brunson- – Jalen Brunson will probably never be a star. You're right about that, depending on how you define star. I think he could be a star by Knicks standards. I mean, like the Knicks, the Knicks often, I mean, they tend to inflate the, the real uh, stardom of players just because they play on a team like the Knicks, a poverty franchise, basically. Um, but, and I agree with you, Jalen Brunson is unlikely to be a star. It's also true that he, he won't be a bust. That's also true that you have to look at, but also he can be an X factor. I mean, he can be an X factor that's good enough to be the difference between a playoff team and a non-playoff team, a championship team, a non-championship team. So just because he himself is not that big star, but like I said, I do have lukewarm feelings about him. Like I don't want the Knicks to spend, to spend the bank on him. I don't want that, but I do think he might be worth it depending on the deal that that he would be willing to accept. If they give him like 10 to 15 million, I'm completely all for it because as you said, I agree with you on that. He could be an X factor kind of player for a championship level team. I mean, you saw him with Dallas who made the Western Conference Finals this year. He was like an X factor kind of player, but the problem is the Knicks want to give him 25 million. If you're giving a guy 25 million, he's your star player. They want to give Jalen Brunson $25 million. That that means they want to give him four years in over a hundred. They I saw a rumor say that they might go four years one ten for him. That's nuts. I am not no. worth twenty. Jalen Brunson is not worth $25 million a year. Because he becomes your star and you can't win a championship. You could probably barely make the playoffs with Jalen Brunson as your star. With him, I think $25 million on Jalen Brunson is a waste of money. That's a huge waste of money. It's an absolute waste of money. That's 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 what I mean. If you were to get him for like 10 to 15, I'm all for that. But the why I'm against it and why I would rather gamble with a Jaden Ivey who w- would get paid less and has a, has a ton more upside than uh, Jalen Brunson's ceiling. His ceiling is a lot higher than Jalen Brunson's than Jalen Brunson's ceiling. He's a bigger prospect. He's more athletic. He's a good defender. Great, uh, great ball handler. Great scorer. His ceiling is higher than Jalen Brunson, but also, but he might end up being a much worse player too. Like obviously that that could be the case. He could end up becoming a bust and Jalen Brunson ends up being the better player. But we know what, we know how good Jalen Brunson is. We know how good he's going, he can possibly ever be. He had the best year of his career this year. First year of, of his career, he averaged more than 13 points a game this wow. year. 
and they're ready, and they're ready to give him twenty five million. I just think that Jalen, you know what Jalen Brunson gets paid this year? It gets paid in per year in his contract. Right now, he probably gets paid like three or four million. No, 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 <laughs> no. He gets paid about one and a half million per year. This year, he made one point. This year, he made about one point eight million. And he's going to jump all the way up to twenty. One point eight million. Yeah, that's he's going to jump all the way up to twenty five. He gets paid that little. I know. Well, because he's still on. He was still on like his. I think he was still on his rookie contract. Yeah, probably. I think. And, I think that's true. And and he was, uh, he was either. I think he was an early second round pick. So he might have gotten like a four year. Uh, contract for like one to 1.5 a year that's like very team controllable that's what a lot of those early second round pick early second round picks get um they they can make you know obviously a lot of them end up fizzling out and don't make it past the four years but the ones that do don't get paid big money until you know after after that contract's over well i guess we'll just have to see how Jaden ivy turns out because that's ultimately the only proof of who's right on this. Um, yeah. the, uh, all right. So I do want to talk a little bit about Deshaun Watson. The NFL is, re- he's, he may, he might end up getting suspended for the rest of the season. It looks like uh, that's what the NFL recommends. I'm a little confused by that. Cause doesn't the NFL have the final say? Um, I guess it has something to do with the players union. So I guess they don't have the final say um, either way. That's the, uh, th- that is the report. For, uh, that I read that the NFL is recommending. Um, it's funny because a couple of weeks ago on this show, we looked at the odds for the AFC North winner and the Browns were like at the top. And we were like, I can't believe this is true because how yeah. do you even know if Deshaun Watson is going to play? You'd have to be a fool to take that bet. Yeah. So I, I looked at the odds. Um, recently. Now, I don't know how much of this dipped strictly because of the news that came out today, but I'll have to imagine. I, I, I couldn't imagine that none of it is because of that. So um, I got it right in front of me. So the odds for uh, to win the AFC North, Baltimore is at number one at plus 155. I wouldn't take it. The Bengals at plus 180. I would take the Bengals at plus 180. Um, the Browns are all the way down at th- plus three twenty. Yeah, I thought it was madness that not too long ago, when we knew that Deshaun Watson might not play the whole year, I mean yeah. it, that that was a strong possibility. They might not even have a good quarter. I, I think Jacoby Brissett is their quarterback now. Yeah, he, he is. Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett. Is it looks like he's going to be their starting quarterback. I mean, they're not going to play maybe, Baker. This might, maybe at some point, this might even be lower than the Steelers for their odds to win the AFC North. Well, if Brissett play is a, their starting quarterback the entire season, like they might, they might finish in last place in the division. Like that's that could definitely happen. Depends on you know how where the Steelers go, um, you know what pick it turns into, and if he gets playing time or if Trubisky plays well or what, whatever the case is in that situation, but. It is really weird, though, because I, I saw the same thing, that the Browns were such a high – they were the favorites to win the AFC North right after the trade for Deshaun Watson. I also thought that it was interesting after he missed a whole season, too. You know, coming back from a, from a missing yeah, a whole like season. How good do you know he's, how, how he's going to be? That's exactly it. And we've seen so many guys sit out for seasons and come back and are not nearly the same player they used to be. Le'Veon Bell, for example, you know, sitting out for an entire year literally ruined his career. Um, they, it's a, it's a big deal. Unlike any other sports, a big deal to sit out an entire season in the NFL, because there's nothing that can, can, that can prepare you for the physicality and everything that goes into an NFL game. You know, you could sit out for an entire NBA season and come back and, you know, you're going to be rusty, but by mid season, you'll probably be back to your old form. A lot of the time, depending on what the injury is, obviously if the injury is really bad, may not, but if the injury isn't terrible, um, but it's, they, that's exactly it. That's why I want to see Deshaun Watson. That, and also, they gave him that huge contract, and with so much guaranteed money, you know, there's obviously all like the, the craziness around it with all of his lawsuits and everything going on. But if he gets suspended for a whole another season, he's that means he he misses two straight seasons. Like, is he really going to be the same player that he was in Houston? I, I he could, but it's it's unlikely. It's very unlikely if he misses two whole seasons. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you, the the likelihood is so low. I mean, the Browns couldn't have handled the situation worse. No, because you, you they basically have. dumped Baker Mayfield to the side under the impression so they could get Deshaun Watson, and now it turns out that Deshaun Wat that Deshaun Watson might not play at all. We know he's at least going to be suspended. He might not get suspended a whole year because you, you never know what might happen with the players' union. They might not allow a suspension. I'm not exactly sure, but there's a, a lot of shenanigans in it. They, it's yeah. not like the NFL can just suspend a player and it's they are call, like there, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but the fact that he might not play the whole year, Baker Mayfield is not a Hall of Famer, but at least he's something. He's at least a starting quarterback. And now. Now your guy is, Jaco- is Jacoby Brissett. When's the last time Jacoby Brissett was a starter? Yeah. It's I, at least I, like, he's, he's a backup. And, he's a backup. Um, Jacoby Brissett's a backup. I mean, he's a good backup, but yeah, still a backup. But and, having him play 17 games next year, you're not going to make it to the playoffs. Yeah. Like I said, he's a solid backup. Maybe you could win with him for a couple of games. But eventually, I mean, there's a difference between being able to win three or four games and being a, and playing a whole season. Yeah, and Baker Mayfield, yeah. it looks like that ship has sailed. It looks like the Browns are just done with him. Like I don't think, even think he wants to play for the Browns. How can they go back to him now and say, "Oh yeah, now we want you to start"? Yeah, you change no, your mind. It's it's completely over with. Like Baker, I don't think Baker has any interest in even playing for Cleveland. Um, you know, I think it's a mutual divorce, pretty much. Like the two of them have no interest in yeah. being together anymore. They. I'm, I mean, Baker's just, just getting paid a lot this upcoming year. That's the only problem about trying to dump trying to dump him off to somebody else. But, you know, if you're a team like the Seahawks or um, the Panthers, yeah, I think it's, it would be worthwhile to, you know, take a chance with them. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it might be. Um, so I do want to get to the parlay of the week. Um, I always do my guest parlays first. Um, this is yours. I don't know what this looks like. <laughs> <laughs> That's my screenshot from DraftKings. I got the Mets, Oakland A's, and Pittsburgh all to win tonight. Mm, bold. Yeah. There we go. It's like plus 12, $12.99 or something like that, I think it says. Um, not bad. I you mean, you got 10 cents. I didn't even wager anything. Is that what, is that what it says? I didn't even Minimum put wager is 10 cents. Yeah. I, I didn't even put a wager down. I was going to put a dollar down to see how much to, you know, to figure out how it is. But, but you know, as as we're fil- as we're filming this episode, it's not looking good because the Mets are down 4 nothing in this. The Mets already half. started? Yeah, the Mets started. They're playing as Houston. I thought they were playing at 8. Oh, you're right. They already did start. Yeah, and they're down 4 nothing. so. It's not looking good for us. Yeah, so my parlay might be shot. Well, I do have a very similar parlay. Um this one is, oops, that's an old one. Mets plus one and a half. Carlos Carrasco over um, five strikeouts. He already has he has one so far, but it's only the second inning, so that's not so bad. Uh, no. And Marte, Altuve, and Lindor all to get a hit. Plus 690. It, it's a little bit less bold than most of the parlays I do, um, but it's baseball. Um, I'm not the biggest better on baseball. It's one of my least favorite sports to bet on probably. Um, but you know, I, I'll see how it goes. Uh, I, the, a lot of that is pro Mets bias, obviously, um, to Absolutely. take the Mets plus one and a half, but at least if they lose by one, you know, I, I at least win the parlay. I mean, that's the tough part about the next two months is we're only going to have baseball to bet on. There's really nothing else going on. So. Yeah. Well, you know, at least my team is good. It would be torture if the Mets were bad. And Absolutely. it's the summer, so I care a little bit less about it in, in that sense. Like, you know, there, there are things to do. I can go to the beach. I can yeah. go outside. It's I don't have to – it's not like it's January and I am sh- and I have nothing to do outside except freeze to death. Yeah. Like, and and all, you, all you have to do for fun is just – is bet. Yeah, and watch sports. And watch sports. At, at least in the summer, it, it matters a little bit less. Exactly. It's true. Um. So I'm sure you saw the Yankees got went like 16 straight innings without a hit. They didn't. That was now, it. I do. It did make me now. This really almost in a weird way has nothing to do with the Yankees not getting a hit, going 16 innings uh, hitless. Which, by the way, 16 and one third innings hitless. By the way, it doesn't really matter because they ended up winning. They ended up going one and one. So yeah. honestly, if I get no hit, I'd rather get no hit in one game 
I'd rather have that streak and go one and one than not have anything like that and lose both games. So it's yeah. really not the, the end of the world. That ultimately doesn't matter that they went that many innings without a hit. Um, but I, it did spark this one question that I have, and I have it for a lot of sports fans. Um, would If the Mets were losing, and this is based on a true story, yeah. if the Mets were losing and they were being no hit, you know the Mets are going to lose anyway. Do you root for the no-hitter against your own team, or would you rather it, there not be a no-hitter? Am I at the game? No. Then I'd rather there not be a no-hitter. But if you're at the game, you'd rather it happen? Possibly, because it depends. Because, I mean, every every baseball fan on their bucket list is to watch a no-hitter person like that's that's an incredible thing like i i've always wanted to see a no hitter um but you know i i I do have one i do have one it's against it's at yankee stadium and they're pitching a no hitter the yankees have so many no hitters they don't need another no hitter the fans are obnoxious yeah, I wouldn't root for imagine imagine being at Yankee Stadium and watching the Mets get no hit. Oh, the Yankees are pitching a no hitter against the Mets. Oh yeah. no, forget about yeah. that. The I Phillies, would never. How about you? How about the Phillies? You're in Philadelphia. You're at Citizens Bank Park. The Phillies are pitching a no hitter against the Mets. You root for that? No, that's okay, even worse. That, yeah, that, that's that's, even probably, worse. that's probably even worse than a Yankees one. Honestly, to, to be honest with you, I I don't like. It would be nice to see a no hitter. But I don't think any part of me would ever be at a Mets game and the Mets are getting no hit. And I would, ev- and I, I don't think I would ever be rooting for the other team to no hit the Mets. So I you're changing that. your position. Yeah, that's. You uh, change your mind. <laughs> I, I definitely would change my mind. I mean, I, like, I wouldn't. No way. I would never want it to happen, especially yeah. if I'm at the away team stadium. I people often say, well, you know, it's um, the reason I asked this question is partly because of the Yankees no hitter. It just made me think about this, but also because I remember when the Mets got no hit against the Giants by a guy named Chris Heston. Nobody ever really heard of this guy, Um, but I remember on Yes on the Yes Network, Don LaGreca was talking about how he was rooting for the Mets to get no hit because he knew they were going to lose anyway. And his wife is a Giant fan and was like, you know, I'd rather just see the no hitter. It's like, first of all, there's a few things. No matter who close to me is rooting for another team, I have no bias for that team just because a friend or family member roots for that team. That's exactly. their problem. I've never once – my brother's a Charger fan. I've never once rooted for the Chargers because of that. Like, I've never – my friends are fans of all sorts of teams. I never really root for them for any real reason. It, no. It's just – I don't know many sports fans who are like that. But also because you're – team is essentially being used as a placemat in a way yeah for the for another team's celebration like i would never want that to happen that's that's worse than just losing yeah see that's exactly it it's like like i said before like like when i was saying that before i wasn't completely taking that side i was just saying that like there's a part of every baseball fan that wants to see a no-hitter like you like you would you want to be in person and see no hitter like that's that's always a great thing but the question yeah. is if it's going if it's coming up against the Mets I would never I would never actually root for it yeah like I you can if you're a true fan of a team you can't I, I can't get myself to actually do that I don't um, think I ever could either no. I don't think I ever could um, I don't think so. especially if it's well what if you were just at a Yankee game they were playing I don't know the Twins or whatever and they had a no hitter going would you root for the no hitter then. Garrett Cole has a no-hitter going. I wouldn't root for the Yankees. I would root for the Twins because I hate no, the I'm Yankees. saying we'd root for the no-hitter. I, no, I would root for the Twins to throw a no-hitter. I, w- I wouldn't root no, for I'm the saying Yankees. the Yankees have a no-hitter going. Yeah, I wouldn't root for the Yankees to throw a no-hitter. Okay, so you would root for the Twins to do the no-hitter. I, I would yeah. too. I, I would if the twins were throwing a no hitter, I'd be rooting hard for it for him. If it's a team, if it's against a team that I hate, then I don't want anything good to be happening to them. Like I don't want to see the Yan- I don't want to see anyone on the Yankees throw a no-hitter. I don't want to see yeah. anyone on the Phillies throw a no-hitter. Um especially but- when you pay like you know what you know what, you know what else help, makes me hate the Yankees more? And not just the fans that make me hate the Yankees. It's the fact that you have to pay like a fortune for parking. Like these arrogant yeah. assholes. 
Like you can't, I, I can't just park at the stadium. Like, like, like they block off all the roads in the Bronx. I can't get anywhere. <laughs> like it is, it is such a nightmare just to get to Yankee stadium. And it costs so much money just to park there. Not to mention the tickets. Yeah. It is, it, it makes me think, oh, fuck these guys. Fuck this team. <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's what it makes me say. Yeah, no, seriously. It's like arrogance that, you know, it would would it kill you to have a parking lot? Like every other every other ballpark in the country has like has some sort of parking lot, and yeah, well, it, at least most of them do. It, the ones that I've been to, um, but I also don't care about those ballparks. So I don't go there. I mean, they're not local teams. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I was just really curious because I would never root for a no hitter against the Mets, especially if the Yankees did it, especially if the Mets are the laugh end up being the laughing stock. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I mean, there's there's always a part of you that always wants to see a no hitter, but if when you really think about it, it's like you you really only want to see it if it's your team or if it's in a game where you don't have a dog in the fight. Yeah. Um. So right before we wrap up for the show, um, I do want to make play that little game where uh you guess some of uh, the odds for um. Where you guess some of the odds for the uh, baseball for uh, uh, the World Series winner? Hold up. Okay, can you guess who's number one in in baseball? As of right now, it's probably the Yankees. Yeah, for the World Series winner, probably like plus like two hundred. No, no, it's plus four twenty. Plus four twenty. You're way off on that, but and then it's the Dodgers at plus four fifty, then the Astros at plus six hundred, and then the Mets at plus seven hundred. Nice. So it seems like the Mets are the Mets and Yankees are in like the first tier of baseball. Yeah, they, they they've been all season. I mean, the Mets. I think the Mets still have the best record in the National League, unless they they, unless the Dodgers snuck by them. I know them and the Dodgers. Have well, been well the Dodgers year. actually, the Dodgers have a higher. Uh, according to uh, according to the odds, the Dodgers have a higher likelihood of winning the World yeah, Series. Yeah, but I think the Mets have a better record. I think the yeah, they, they do. Have they the do. best record in the National League. Yeah, I, I know. And the Yankees have the best record in all of baseball and obviously the American League. So I mean, as, been... as happy as I am as a Met fan, this could end up being the worst season of our lives because if it's a, Met, if it's a Mets Yankees World. Well, Series. no, it, the Yankees and the Braves. Like, what if it? What like, what if God forbid the Braves get the wild card? I know. I mean, I don't want to see that either. I, I would be heartbroken if that were to happen. I know. And, and but the fact that the Yankees are better or have a better record, it it makes it so much worse. It does. It's because it's like, it, it would, I would be I would be so much happier if the Yankees were a lesser team than the Mets right now. It would be so much fun if the Yankees were a lesser team than the Mets. Like think about how think about how much like how much more fun it would be. If like the Mets were like the team of New York, obviously, like it's still technically the Yankees, but it's, you know, even though the Mets are the top team in the National League, I don't think the Mets will ever be the team of New York. I think it would always be the Yankees. Um, I don't see any team being more popular. Uh, like of all the teams in New York, the Yankees uh, in all the sports, the Yankees are the most important. Yeah, because they're, they're the winningest by far, Not and they've been they're the winningest. Although part of it is that, I guess, but they just have the most fans. And even yeah. if the Yankees end up stink, even if the Yankees stink, they're still going to be the more popular team. Yeah, they definitely. Because kind of like mean, how the Knicks, the Nets will never be a bigger team than the Knicks. That's exactly it. Because it, it also goes back to the Yankees being around forever. You know, the Yankees have been around since basically 1900. The Mets have been around since 1962. And and it was the Dodgers, Giants, and Yankees that were in New York for the longest time, and then you know they moved to California, and the Mets came into existence. So, right. so it's very so in that sense, it's almost impossible for the Mets to ever like overtake the Yankees as like yeah. New York's team because they came sixty years later. Uh, they were an add-on team. They replaced the Giants and the Dodgers. They took the Giants and Dodgers colors. You know, the, yeah. that's part of the reason why. Then they moved out to California, so it's like so it's almost impossible, um, in that sense because you know been around since 1900. They got by far the most World Series, yeah, by almost by triple, pretty much. So, yeah, it's also not exactly something I care about personally. No, I just care about I winning. Care a lot of who has better numbers, who sells more tickets. None of that really matters to your average fan. 
because the because the thing is there's a difference between the Mets and the Nets where the Mets games are always sold out. The Mets fan base is so much bigger than the Nets. If you go to if you go to a Nets first Knicks game, doesn't matter how good the Nets are, the majority of the fans in the Barclays Center are Knicks fans. Yeah. They the the Nets like the Nets have a big fan base out in New Jersey, but if you're talking about New York, like real like real New Yorkers, I, I, you know what? That's I, they have a lot of fans on Long Island too. Yeah, yeah, I can I could see that. I They're a big they, Long Island team because like Long Island and New Jersey kind of like go hand in hand. Sometimes. Well, it's not that; it's because the Nets used to play on Long Island. Yeah, when they well, they so when they were that tended to go with the combination of being a Met, Jet, and Islander fan. Yeah. And it's a lot of those same people who are also net fans. It was like back when they were in the ABA, they were like, right, uh, right. That that's the reason why. Yeah, yeah, like the old old um, basketball fans, but like even like the but the majority of like even Long Islanders um, are like Mets, Jets, um, Mets, Jets, and Knicks. Yeah, you're, that's probably true. It's pretty pretty much like like you are. Yeah. I have a very Long Island. I'm not from Long Island, but I have a very Long Island fan base, uh, yeah. fan, uh, fan, uh, team combination. I would say exactly Long Island fandom. And I feel like Westchester, like you can go any which way. Like you could be you. There's all. There's probably more Yankees fans in Westchester than Mets fans, but way more. But there's a there's definitely a lot of like Mets and Giants fans. There's a lot of Yankees and Giants fans. You'll get a lot of Mets Jets. You know, you can, you can get a mix of like of pretty much everything. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for coming on, Paul. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, this is the season finale. Uh, I'll be back in, I don't know, August, in late August or something. Uh, whenever, <laughs> whenever co- around the time college football starts. Um, in the meantime, I'll, I guess I'll just try some Mets parlays. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Nick.